Welcome to the Face-Offs and Fantasy Podcast with your two co-hosts, Sean and Marcus. Episode 16, we are back. Finally. Apologize. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> we apologize for the delay. <laughs> it's been a little while since uh, you've heard us here last. So just, um, yeah, it's been a bit of a busy time for myself, Marcus. I'm back at work now, so I'm no longer on parental leave. It's just been a, a little bit harder for me to be a, more consistent with setting some time aside because I've had to, I mean, reasonably so, spend more of my free time on work um, okay. as I have to do some stuff at home, like prepping and stuff, especially for courses I haven't taught before. Yeah. Well, you'll get back into the groove and then, you know, we'll get a proper schedule going again so we can record more consistently. Yeah. Right, right now we're just, we're just leaving them wanting more, you know, it's like basic <laughs> production style. Like sometimes you just, you know, you got to slow play it a little bit every once in a while. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, by now, hopefully everyone has had a chance to hear the episode number 15 with Kevin, which was pretty freaking awesome. Yeah, so, his stories were amazing. Yeah, pretty pretty dope stuff. Man, <laughs> I wish. I, I mean, I've been a fantasy manager for, you know, a number of years, obviously. But I can only imagine being the manager of an actual hockey team or really any sports team would be pretty freaking cool oh yeah for sure for sure well hopefully you get a little more than a shoestring budget but you know <laughs> uh you, you make do with what you got right yeah <laughs> that's true kevin was able to make some great decisions and uh unfortunately you know it didn't pan out well with his owner but i think he uh he made some some good moves brought in some great people if he had some more stability at the owner position He'd probably be a GM in the NHL today, right? I know. Then we he probably wouldn't be on this podcast though. <laughs> that's that's very. We true. won't get that's... his valuable stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, so selfishly, we're kind of happy yes. about the situation <laughs> and how it turned out. We love you, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We we definitely do love you on this podcast. All right. So, Marcus, how have you been? I, I mentioned I'm back at work and stuff, but what's up with you? What's new? Nothing much, but definitely excited that I'm back to hockey. So back to two twice a week. So uh, Wednesday nights or Wednesday evenings and Thursday evenings. So that's been pretty good. We had a had a game last week um, with Michael. Michael was able to join and he scored. I think he scored two goals. He says he doesn't even really remember. You know, he's just scoring so many now he doesn't remember. I scored three goals. So it was, it was a good game. It was good. It was fun. It's nice to get back out there. Were there any hats thrown onto the ice? <laughs> no, but not to brag, but one of my goals was uh, McDavid-esque. You know, I, I basically deked through the whole team and, uh, you know, backhanded it, tucked it in on the goalie. It was it was a really nice goal. <laughs> nice. I mean, I, mean, I is... wish I wish Michael was here to vouch for it because he, he saw it. He was on the ice, and he was like, <laughs> that was a nice goal, but... You know, I'm not going to toot my own horn too much, but it, it was a really nice goal. <laughs> Yo, man, th- like, you know that this is your podcast, so. Yeah, I know, you say, but then. <laughs> you can say whatever the hell you want. I'm a pretty trash hockey player, but <laughs> the Doesn't goal matter, was nice. Man. You, yeah. you scored a nice goal. <laughs> yeah. That, that's all that matters. Make you feel like McDavid for, uh, for a whole week, you know, until you go and play back the next week. <laughs> well, I played on Thursday, and uh, that wasn't a great game. <laughs> It happens. There is some rust. <laughs> Definitely not used to that pace. Yeah, I I played for the first time as well uh, on Saturday, so this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Man, 
<laughs> like I swear every time I play now, I'm like, oh, this is the worst shape I've ever been in. <laughs> I don't know if you remember um, one of the twins we played with. That that was one of the jokes where Mike and I, every year we would get back from university and we'd be playing just like beer league hockey together in the ASHL. And I, like every summer we would see each other and we'd be like, man, this is by far the worst <laughs> shape I've ever been in in my entire life. And the bar just I kept know, lowering, eh? <laughs> yeah, well, for me anyways, I know Mike got into some really good shape. He was doing some consistent running there for a while, so he looked great. But, uh, Mike, I kept on the tradition without you, and <laughs> I certainly am in the worst shape I have ever been in in my entire life. So the worst part is they made me play forward because we didn't have enough, or we had too many <laughs> defensemen, not enough forwards. Wow, so that's, like, a, that's a big change. So yeah, I'm like the other way around, right? Yeah, yeah. Normally it's the other way around. So I was like, uh, I'm not playing center. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> I'm not back checking, <laughs> and uh, got to play wing and stuff. But didn't score. Should have scored. I had like one breakaway that I definitely should have scored on. Ah. Man, the goalie baited me. Like I was going in and I was thinking Deke, and then he showed me so much of the net that I shot. Yeah. But he like ate it up pretty quickly. You also, know? wasn't a, wasn't a great shot. I ah. think he did it on purpose. Yeah. But, I felt pretty bad after that. That was like one of my first shifts of the game too. And then oh. the rest of the game, I was just chasing it. And then obviously by the end of the, the second period, I was pretty freaking beat, man. I was pretty tired. That's okay. You got that bike at home, you know, just hop on that. Next yeah. podcast, you're just going to record on the bike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Out of breath yeah, by the end of the podcast. Yeah, I should do that actually. <laughs> just, I mean, now that I've got uh, the AirPods, man exactly I, there I, don't, you go. I don't have to be directly connected to the computer i can be sitting just far enough away there you go we'll just be hearing <laughs> sean out of breath half the time <laughs> i'll just keep it really low it's like very very low almost just like walking oh yeah okay okay <laughs> as i go through you know i don't know how much that's gonna help but okay whatever <laughs> probably not much man I, I just need my kid to grow up a little bit and start sleeping a bit better and then i'll be good that's true my problem true. is like he goes to bed at seven or seven thirty most nights, mm-hmm. and we just we try to go to bed at the same time as him because if we don't, like sometimes he'll wake up, yeah, really really often. Like if I yeah. stay up till ten o'clock, even mm-hmm. he'll he'll wake up at like eleven, and then if he has a bad night, he'll be up like most of the night. So Ooh. I just try to go to bed at like seven seven thirty. But hopefully, as he gets a little bit older, he starts sleeping more and like longer, and actually doesn't wake up every so often. And then once that's the case, I think I could actually set aside some time between like seven o'clock and 10 o'clock to to work out most nights mm-hmm. well tonight's not going to be a good night for you then it's already nine twenty. <laughs> yeah 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 it'll yeah hopefully fingers crossed he sleeps he, he has a good sleeping night and then you know you're not punished too hard <laughs> yeah otherwise i might have to go to the spare bedroom and we we had to do that once uh one time this week already oh yeah yeah, he, he was up like three or four times in a row, like every 30, 40 minutes, basically. Oh, so yeah. I just well, I picked him up and put him in, in the king-size bed. Sid slept with him, mm-hmm. and then I just went to the spare room and slept in the spare room. Yeah. Well, you, know, you got <laughs> work now, so you got yeah, to just The joy is of being sleep. a parent. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's the problem, man. Like, there was a couple of days I went to work, and I was pretty pretty tired mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the next day I like went back and I felt better and had more energy and I was like apologized to a couple of my classes I'm like hey sorry if I was uh <laughs> seemed a little down yesterday or a little short with people like I barely slept at all yeah they're like no like we didn't really notice but they were probably just trying to make me feel better 
Ah, that's good. Well, that's okay. You know, give it a couple years, and then he'll be sleeping the whole night, and then you'll be... <laughs> Gosh, I hope it doesn't take a couple well, years. Well, no, I meant, like, you know, he'll be old, a lot older and stuff, too, and everything. <laughs> yeah, hopefully hopefully it'll get, get better sooner than a couple years. Yeah, but... no, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, a couple years, Sean. <laughs> Sorry, years, bud. <laughs> All right, let's get into it, Marcus. Uh, nice intro. Nice to be back. Nice to talk to you. For it's sure. actually been a while since we've spoken too, eh? Yeah. No, you've been know, busy with work. I know we text <laughs> pretty regularly, but we haven't really spoken in a little while. You know, yeah, you're my en- you're my enemy this week in fantasy, so I don't want to talk to you anyways. So. <laughs> yeah, especially because we want the opposite result of what's happening right now. Collectively, <laughs> that uh, is true. I think we need we need some more collusion going on here, man. Come on, we got to figure something out. We're not gonna <laughs> broadcast our collusion. Come on, Sean. <laughs> Oh, oh, who's listening, man? No one from our podcast is listening. This we're fine. No one in our fantasy league. No one from our fantasy league, man. We're good. I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, so some stuff went down this week. We we're gonna jump into it now, and we we have to talk about this first. The the Rocky Words interview. So for those of you who don't remember names, because you know we talk about things sometimes, and then we move on, and we talk about a lot of stuff on this podcast, but. Rocky Wirtz is the CEO and the owner of the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, his son, Danny Wirtz, is also in the organization. And by all accounts, he'll be taking over for Rocky Wirtz once Rocky Wirtz officially steps down and retires or hands the team off. Uh, basically, it's only a matter of time at this point. But it kind of just goes back to the whole conversation that we had. It was actually our first uh, episode with Kevin when we discussed the Kyle Beach incident that occurred with the team. Uh, the sexual assault case that occurred. And basically, you know, we talked about this on the podcast, but there was an undisclosed settlement that took place. So basically they did come together and they came up with a number and essentially uh, it was, it was not broadcast. I believe some NDAs were signed and, um, and that was kind of the end of the conversation. But when that happened, the Chicago Blackhawks organization talked about how, you know, regardless of the outcome with the lawsuit and regardless of the outcome of, of what ends up happening with Kyle Beach and also John Doe, too, um, who seems to continuously get lost in these conversations, um, they were going to be working as an organization to make sure that this did not happen again in the future. So essentially making sure that players had enough power to be able to stand up to something like this, where it's, you know, somebody in a position of power above them who's trying to take advantage of them. And in you know, the case of Kyle Beach, obviously, sexual assault that happened. So what ended up happening <laughs> this past week is there was a press conference, basically for the first time, that Rocky Wirtz and Danny Wirtz kind of just had an open town hall type uh, kind of conference that went on. And um, they were asked some questions from reporters. And in particular, uh, one of the reporters stood up and asked, you know, with everything that happened with Kyle Beach, um, you know, the organization has mentioned that, you know, you're you're going to do some stuff to make sure that this doesn't happen again. Right. And so what is the organization? What has the organization already done? And what is the organization planning on doing to ensure that players have, you know, autonomy and have enough power to be able to make sure that a situation like this doesn't happen again? And uh, and Rocky where it's just flipped out. He literally was like, you know, this happened in 2010. Uh, we've already discussed this. We're not going to talk about this anymore. Uh, and that's it. And then the reporter's like, what? Like, I- I'm asking about, like, what is the team doing in the future to make sure that this doesn't happen again? Like, 
he's not asking questions specifically about Kyle Beach or the situation with Kyle Beach. It was more of a, what is the team doing in order to prevent this from happening? So he actually clarified that to Rocky Words. And then Rocky Words snapped back at him again. And his response the second time was, well, you know what? You're not in the, or you're not in the organization. You, you don't work for the Chicago Blackhawks. If someone in the organization asked me that question, I'll answer that question to that person. But I'm not going to answer that question to you. And everyone's just like, what the hell is going on here? Right? Yeah. So, like, what is wrong with this guy, man? Like, talk about just trying to freaking make something go away. Like, this is not how you handle the situation. No. Right? And, and we talked about this in depth in the episode where we had Kevin on. We talked about how ridiculously terrible this this situation was handled as a whole and you know even like during all the depositions and the the lawsuits and everything that happened everybody maintained that no one ever spoke to rocky warts directly about this right Mm -hmm. i mean like his reaction to just those questions alone was just absurd like this is like an old senile man that like can't handle the fact that something terrible happened under his watch. And instead of like actively trying to make things better for the future and don't forget the Blackhawks as an organization came out and said, we're going to be more transparent. We're going to try to help to make sure that this doesn't happen again. We're going to make sure that players feel like they have enough power to be able to stop this from happening again in the future. I don't know, man. To me, that sounds like a dude who paid somebody who paid you know, paid uh, how well we don't know how much money because it was an undisclosed amount, but paid Kyle Beach to make him sign an NDA to try to make this go away and never talk about it again. Like, dude, you don't just pay to have sexual assault go away in in a context like this. Like, this is not how it works. And he just totally outed himself to the entire NHL community. This dude is like, he needs to step down, man. So he's the owner. Obviously, he can't step down from being the owner, but he's actually the CEO of the Chicago Blackhawks. He should not be in any position with that team. He should not be making decisions in that context with the team. As the owner, I get it. He owns the team. He's not going to like give up the team. There's no way the league is going to force him to sell the team or anything like that, but there's no way he should be going in front of cameras or having conversations to the media. He has no clue what it's like to live in 2022. He is completely out to lunch. And the fact that this is the way that he tried to handle the situation tells me he has learned nothing from this situation at all whatsoever. Uh, And I think it is just absurd that he is still in the position of CEO. And I really hope that after this, everyone keeps hounding him and hounding the Chicago Blackhawks organization until he officially steps down. Because that's crazy, man. You look at uh, like the Clippers in the NBA <clears throat> a couple of years ago. They had uh, an argument or some of some sort that went down with the Clippers owner and girlfriend at the time or something like that, and she recorded him. And basically, the NBA forced him to sell the LA Clippers. So I yeah. don't, yeah, I don't think it's out of the realm. I mean, the NHL is a little more old school, and they probably won't do that, but I think they should do that you know especially how he has uh he's shown his reaction and shown his his true emotions about the whole situation they should definitely try and like make him sell or like you said at least get him to step down as uh ceo for sure yeah uh, i mean i don't know like because the problem that we have here is pretty simple it's 
the NHL clearly, based on all these different things that have been taking place, whether it be sexual assault cases, whether it be overt or blatant racism occurring in the league, they don't seem to care too much. They say they care, and they have the slogan, hockey's for everyone. But let's be honest, that's complete BS. It's just whatever the owners want, Gary Bettman does. Because Gary Bettman gets paid by the owners to try to make things like this disappear. That's literally his job. He doesn't actually hold them accountable in any way. So I'm not even sure it's the it's on the NHL at this point. I honestly feel like it's on Blackhawk fans. Like, stop going to Chicago games. Stop buying Chicago merchandise. You want to follow your team? All right, download the score app and literally check the score and see how they're doing. You know what I mean? But like, it's absolutely atrocious that this guy is in the position he's in right now. Not to mention, <laughs> I know I picked him to finish second, but let's be honest, is not too great watching Chicago Blackhawks games right now anyways. It's not like the team is doing very well as is. So maybe it's just one of those seasons where as a fan you just decide to boycott or potentially make a stink or send some letters in or you know talk to the local media about it and let them know how upset you are. I think also talk to their sponsors because their sponsors pay, pay them a lot of money to be you know, associated with the team or the brand. So you send letters to the sponsors – and then that can hit him where they hurts too. Yeah, that's the thing, right? Like if you're a sponsor of that team and you hear this guy talking that way after everything that happened, like I just, that's what I don't understand is after everything that happened and it's been so long, like how has he not learned? How has he not spoken to experts? How is he not, how is he not coached on this? Mm-hmm. He hasn't even spoken openly to the media since all of this went down. How is it that the first time he's put in front of the media, this is his response to a question about the Kyle Beach settlement? Like, how in the world did this happen? The only thing I can think of is this guy is so full of himself and this guy is so beyond living in normal society where anyone else in that same position would have been like, oh man, it's the first time since I've spoken to the media ever since everything happened with the Kyle Beach situation, I bet I'm going to get a question about Kyle Beach. How am I going to want to answer this and maybe talk to some people? The only thing I can think of is he literally does not care. He's so out to lunch and he's so full of himself that he just truly thinks, I signed a piece of paper, I gave him his money, everybody shut up about it, now let's move on. Like He truly thinks that's how our society works. And that's like... That's nuts, man. If you're a sponsor, like, there's no way I'm touching that with a 10-foot pole, man. For sure. Dude's whack. Sure. Dude's whack. But <laughs> it's funny because I don't know if you watched it at all, but like his son, Danny Wirtz, mm-hmm. you could just see he was so uncomfortable because the dude asked the question, yeah, and then he like kind of like clarified and followed up. Remember how I said that? Where he's like, mm-hmm. well, I'm not mm-hmm. asking you about the past. I'm actually asking about the future. Yeah. And then... Danny Wirtz literally said, like, he was like, oh, like, I can talk about what it is we're doing now. And then his dad, Rocky Wirtz, cut him off. Oh, he piped he was in, like, eh? Yeah, he was like, no, no, we're not doing this. We're not talking about this. Like, clearly Danny Wirtz was, like, willing to have that conversation yeah. and try to, like, explain to people what Chicago is doing. So, like, I, it seems also like there's a lot of tension between – Danny Wirtz, the son of Rocky Wirtz, mm-hmm. uh, who is probably going to be the next owner of the team, unless something else ridiculous happens, and then they pull an LA Clippers and force him to sell. But I just don't see that happening. I don't think the NHL, I don't think Gary Bettman 
actually cares, even though he says he does. I think this will hit them hard in the context of financially. I think they're going to lose out on a lot of money, like you said, sponsorship. And I also think they're going to lose some support from people who maybe were watching them that might be like, yo, I'm not watching until this dude's gone because yeah. he's nuts. And also the team sucks right now anyways, so there's no point in investing and wasting my time or money in mm. this. Dude's nuts. But uh, let's move on, Marcus. Okay. Yep. Let's uh, let's talk about some crazy goals that have been happening in the hockey world. So, man, is it like I know we're about to talk about Trevor Zegers here, but <laughs> is it just me or are, is everyone like is the media in particular like hyper focused on really skilled goals right now? Ever since the like lacrosse style pass that Zegers made. Or has there actually just been this many kind of creative goals since then because of the national attention that that got? What do you think? I think it's just been increasing. Obviously, there was Svechnikov. Was it last year or a couple of years ago that he pulled off the lacrosse or the Michigan goal? And that was like the first one done in a while. And that was like one of the first ones done in the NHL. So I think him kind of kicking off that trend and... Uh, you've seen a lot more players trying it, and then this is obviously Zegers's first year in the NHL, and he uh, he didn't get a, a lacrosse goal at first. He got that kind of alley-oop lacrosse pass where he, he put it on his stick and then he flicked it over to Milano. Sonny Milano. Yep. And then, you know, but it was only a matter of time because obviously I think he had tried before, and obviously I think, you know, people are trying to pay more attention or, the you know, there's ways to defend that and, you know, you do swat their stick or I guess you check them basically when they're trying to come out in front of the net to prevent them from scoring that lacrosse goal. But he's tried it and then he, he finally was able to pull it off against the Montreal Canadiens. So I think he obviously brings a lot of youth and talent to the NHL and it, it, it gives a lot of excitement to the fans for, uh, you know, you go, you go to a game, an Anaheim game, and you, you could see something like that, or there's a high possibility that you're going to see that attempted or something like that, and that's that's really cool for the game. Dude, I'm into it. I'm totally into it. And not as much like, as... Uh, not like John Tortilla? <laughs> not like John Tortilla, man. <laughs> John Tortilla is, like, so against this, I guarantee you. Anti-lacrosse goal. He probably tried he, it a lot, and then he wasn't able to pull it off, and... At this point, I wouldn't even say anti-lacrosse goal or Michigan goal. I would just say anti-Zegris. I I don't think he likes Zegris, and it's definitely a good thing he's not coaching (laughs) Trevor Zegris. That's for damn sure. That is true. Yeah, but uh, similarly, like we see uh, Connor Bedard, he's the the phenom. So he's not going first overall in this upcoming draft. Uh, That's supposed to be Shane Wright. Connor Bedard is actually two (laughs) seasons away from being drafted so he's not even eligible to be drafted yet but this dude is nasty man he had that four goal game in the world juniors before it got shut down Mm -hmm. and then this goal that he scored the other night just totally walked the defenseman the defenseman actually fell down like he like broke his ankles like nba style and then he just totally dekes to the left he's a right he dekes to the left pulls the goalie over between his legs and just shelves it on the far side so smooth smooth man so nice <laughs> like can you imagine being that good at hockey no i can't even <laughs> i can't even picture you know, it. i, I had that t- like i said i had that glimpse of it the other day when i scored oh. my mcdavid goal where i deked around <laughs> like four four players and tucked it on the goalie but definitely did not have the talent to put it between my legs or i'm able to do the widest toe drag to break 
like six defenders' ankles with one toe drag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that this kid Connor Redard. Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine a couple of years. We, we keep talking about McDavid style goals. In a few years, it's probably gonna we're gonna be talking about Bedard style goals, man. Yeah. Cool. Oh yeah. Well, this kid's good. But let's keep rolling here. Uh, as we mentioned, it's been a while since we've recorded. So if, we, if we're talking about some stuff that's a little bit older, um, it's just because we haven't had a chance to talk about it yet. Um, so a couple other things that have taken place. The Canadians actually did hire Kent Hughes as their general manager. So we know already that Jeff Gorton is there. And Jeff Gorton is in more of a, an executive role. He's not actually considered the GM. Um, he has like a senior VP of hockey ops style position. So he's going to be working hand-in-hand with Kent Hughes. Kent Hughes actually used to be a player agent and uh, before he became a general manager. So he actually does have a lot of experience already working with Jeff Gordon. Um, it sounds like they're going to work hand-in-hand. They'll be making decisions together. But they did say Kent Hughes is the general manager of the team. That is the position he's going to hold. And so he'll be the one making all the announcements and, and making all the trades and, and seeing how it goes. But I'm sure that Jeff Gordon in the background is also going to be heavily invested i'm sure they're just going to be working together yeah. probably both you know giving the green light and approval stickers uh on all the moves so we'll see who gets to take credit for the good moves and who's <laughs> going to take the blame for the bad moves. well That's Kent, Kent Hughes is from he's from montreal so he probably obviously speaks french so then he can yes. uh, he can he tell, tell the french, french media you know it's uh Jeff Gordon's fault. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, in the French media, it'll be definitely Jeff Gordon's fault. And then the English media, we'll, we'll see what they decide. Yeah. <laughs> well, Marcus, it looks like Kent Hughes made his first move already. And he has fired uh, Dominic Ducharme and has replaced him with Martin St. Louis with the interim head coaching tag. So... Man, it's pretty surprising, I guess, not surprising that Ducharme lost his job considering how poorly Montreal has played, but a little surprising that Martin Saint-Louis was the choice considering he actually doesn't have any NHL coaching experience. He hasn't been an assistant or a head coach in the NHL before. So That's probably but, why he got interim. Yeah, to interim to shot, see how it see goes. How he does. Plus, uh, Jeff Gordon would have been in New York when Martin St. Louis played there, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. So then they've, they've probably talked. They've got a, probably a relationship. Yeah. And Kent Hughes, obviously a Francophone agent. I'm sure he knows Martin St. Louis. And at the end of the day, Martin St. Louis is Francophone, speaks French, and it is the head coach of the Montreal Canadiens. Interim, of course. True. That's good for him. I mean, he's got... He's already got a Stanley Cup under his belt, so he definitely brings a winning pedigree. I mean, as Yo, a he's, player. He's a Hall of Famer, man. And he's a he Hall got, of Famer, so there you go. He got inducted so. recently. <laughs> I'm sure he'll have a lot of insight to the game and can probably coach pretty well. I, I don't see why he wouldn't be able to. Hopefully. Hopefully that's the case. We'll see for Montreal, although I'm sure they would like to continue losing this year. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Some other cool stuff that happened around the league. Um, Keith Yandel. New Ironman record, Marcus, 965 games. Crazy. Damn, that, that's a lot of hockey, man. Congratulations to him. Yeah. That's that is, almost that is a 1,000 ex- games like, without yeah. missing one in a row. Without, <laughs> without missing one, man. Well, when was it the other – like, I swear it wasn't that long ago. Maybe last season when he, like, got a huge cut on his face or something. And he, like, oh, went really? to the dressing room, got some stitches, and he came back out. Yeah. Yeah, dude, dude's a gamer. He likes to be on the ice. He likes to play a lot of games. 
Um, so it was very impressive uh, offensive style defenseman still got it obviously if he's if he's playing in the NHL so yeah it'd be kind of cool if he hits a thousand games will he do it this year uh he's 965 how many games are left oh that's a tough one that's it's yeah, I not think he could I think he could if you said Philly has played 40 games yeah roughly 40 games so yeah I think it might be a bit more oh, now Philly's but yeah, at 45 Philly's at 45 45 yeah so not quite then uh, five would take them to 50, and then there'd only be 32 left. So 32 and five, 37 oh, no, he, games. So he'll be yeah. just shy. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, they're not making the playoffs. So it'll be. Yeah, they could go on a run. <laughs> it'll if be they next won season. The though. rest of their game, Sean, I think they would make the playoffs. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just like the <laughs> Montreal Canadiens. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. No, maybe not Montreal. Maybe not Montreal. <laughs> but Philly. Philly's got a chance. But but Philly has a chance. Okay. Yeah. Whatever yeah. you say, Marcus. You, <laughs> Montreal, you heard it only here ha- first. Montreal only has eight wins. Philly at least has fifteen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's funny because uh, later on, uh, I see in our notes here you're talking about how Giroux is gone for sure. I didn't put that. You put that one. I put that. Yeah. Oh, I thought you put that. No, I didn't put Man, that. Man, I must have written that a while ago. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Um, yeah, so pretty cool that he's got that record. Congratulations to him. Uh, next thing that happened that we absolutely have to talk about, bro, Timo Meyer, five goals in one game. That is crazy. Absolutely <laughs> insane. Uh, <laughs> I put in my notes here, where's Jumbo Joe at? Yeah. Uh, for, for those of you who get that reference, uh, Thomas Hurdle scored four goals in a game, and there was a uh, what, what do we want to call it? A, a, an in-depth conversation that happened with Joe Thornton afterwards, <laughs> um, where they asked him, "What would you do if you scored four goals in a game?" Uh, and it was not the most appropriate response. <laughs> so, needless to say, if he was there for a five-goal game, I think it would have been a, a pretty wicked interview uh, after the game as well. For sure. Uh, that's a record, by the way, uh, as far as I'm aware, that uh, scoring five goals in a game, I think that's the most ever by a uh, San Jose San Shark. San Jose Shark? Okay. Yeah. I was going to so, say, I don't pretty... think that's like the record overall, but yeah. No, no, it's San not Jose, the record yeah. overall. But uh, for the San Jose Sharks, I believe that is the most goals in a single game. So moving on next, uh, just talking about, unfortunately, the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. Although Marcus believes that this is a playoff caliber team, uh, and he pretty much said that there is a 90% chance that they will make the Eastern Conference Finals. They are on another 10-game losing streak. Um, I think they recently snapped it, actually, because when I made that note, it was a little while ago. But, yeah, we're talking about a team that's had multiple 10-game losing streaks in the same season, and at the time, it was only in 40 games. Man, this team fell off. Do you remember this team in the bubble, man? When they showed up and they were just freaking plowing through and just running everybody in the bubble. Yeah, no, they were. I don't know what's what's with this team. They've got a lot of skill, a lot of talent there, but is it their goaltending that like Carter Hart isn't like he's not ready yet? And uh, I don't know. I don't. I haven't watched them play. It it's hard because like looking at the roster, like just looking at it on paper. Like, goaltending is an issue because Carter Hart has not been the same goaltender he was in, like, right at the beginning of that bubble in, in his first couple seasons there. Mm-hmm. Last season, he had an awful season, what most people would call, obviously, an off year, a down year. This year, he's, like, bounced back a bit, but honestly, he's still not doing great. He's really not having a good season. So yeah. he hasn't come back to form. 
Martin Jones is actually doing reasonably well considering uh, the kind of numbers that he was putting up in San Jose. But looking mm-hmm. at those two, goaltending is not something that is a strong suit for this team. Um, their defense is obviously very questionable. They have Provorov, who had a really slow start to the season. They traded for Ryan Ellis, but he basically hasn't played pretty much the whole yeah, season because he's been injured. Yeah. Yeah. They traded for Rasmus Ristolainen. I don't think it's done he's a whole lot good, of good, though. Yeah, I don't think it's done a whole lot of good for them. <laughs> so when you're looking at the blue line, you know, there's if Ellis and Provorov are playing together on the top line, maybe that's a good top pair. But like overall, that defense is not fantastic. But funny enough, you look at the stats that they're putting up, and the biggest problem with the Philadelphia Flyers this season is they're not scoring any goals, man. Like, you look at goaltending, you look at defense, you're like, eh, yeah. I'm glad it's not my team. And then you go to forward, and you're like, how the hell aren't they scoring any goals? It's because they traded like, Voracek. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Voracek sets up all the goals. Uh, yeah, they traded right? for Cam Atkinson. Cam Atkinson yeah. scores goals. Claude Giroux scores goals. JVR scores goals. Travis Konechny scores goals. Joel Farabee scores goals. Like, they have Incorrect, Sean. None of them are scoring goals. <laughs> I know, but, like, they're all goal scorers. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, they have guys on the team that should be producing and should be producing, like... They got Farabee like, as well. They got a lot of... Yeah. They got, some, they got a good mix of older talent and younger talent. So. Exactly, right? Like, you'd think that it would mesh and that they would have some success and that, and that things might work out, but... Man, this team is really, and they're caught in limbo too, because they traded away a lot of picks for Ellis and Ristolainen. Like, mm-hmm. it's not like they can just, oh, okay, all right, that's it, we're throwing in the towel. Like, I think they have to keep trying and kicking at the can, but they're just in a bad spot. Like, they're kind of, I don't know, they're not good enough to make the playoffs, but they're also not like so bad that they're really fighting for the last place position. But, <laughs> I mean, I know Marcus has his opinions on this, but the teams at the bottom are like really at the bottom, tanking. So yeah, not even so, trying to tank. That's the sad thing. <laughs> well, Montreal isn't. Well, at least they well, weren't. I'm saying the now, Flyers. The Flyers are not trying to tank. Oh just yeah, that's not winning. <laughs> that's what I mean. They're just having a really, really bad year. Like the trades that they made, bringing in Martin Jones to back up Hart, bringing in. Ellis and Ristolainen on defense, like you'd think that these things would work, and then bringing Cam Atkinson in for some more goal scoring as well, you'd think that these would all be things that would be kind of positive to the team. But yeah, and then the other thing we didn't mention is obviously Kevin Hayes. You know, it's it's just a rough season for him, right? Dealing with the personal tragedy, um, you know, the loss of his brother, uh, being injured as well. Like he was out for a while, also. So that doesn't he, help. He's a big part of their uh, offense as well. Huge so. part, man. Huge part. And everybody, like, if you listen to any interviews and stuff like that, like, he's a huge part of the dressing room, right? Mm-hmm. So it's Character not guy. even, yep. yeah, like, it's not even just the on-ice performance, but missing him for so much time because he was injured and then obviously missing him because of the loss that he's had. And, you know, everybody deals with loss differently. Like, who knows if, if he's in that change room and he's the same guy as he was, like, you know, everybody needs time, time sure. to deal with stuff like that. So I'm not him. I don't want to put words in his mouth, so I'm not going to keep talking about it. But they certainly, on paper, like, you look at their forward group and you're like, man, like, that's a good forward group. But it just doesn't seem to be clicking for them. So, 
Yeah, uh, I don't know what's going to happen long term. Like I said, they're a team stuck in limbo because they've traded too many assets in recent years that I don't think they can just fully throw the towel in. But they should definitely look at anybody on their team that is a UFA at this point. And uh, if Claude Giroux wants out, uh, I think you say, hey, Claude, why don't you go get us a first round pick and then re-sign with us in the offseason? Yeah, because uh, that's that's what I would do if I was them and, and their general manager. Yeah, for sure. Just wanted to mention, Joe Malone scored the most goals in an NHL game with seven against the Toronto St. Pats <laughs> in Quebec City. He played for the Quebec Bulldogs on <laughs> January 31st, 1920. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, I was going to guess like the 1910s. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, 1920. Wow, that's that's a long time ago. Same, when, same uh... year, he had a uh, six-goal game. Oh, wow. March That's 10th, 1920. And another player, Newsy Lalonde, January 10th, 1920 as well, scored six goals. Wow. There's a couple others who have also scored six goals, but I'm not going to get into that. Daryl Sittler is one of them. <laughs> Honestly, I just assumed that uh, uh, Rocket Richard would have done it, but like uh, Henri Richard, yeah. I-, I thought he might have scored uh, that many goals because I know he was the first one to score 50 goals in 50 games, right? Mm-hmm. So pre- pretty damn impressive, but yeah, man, that's crazy. Seven goals in a game. That's a lot of goals, but yeah, I, I, you know, I just always think back. I'm like, man, if, no offense. Like back then, like goalies and stuff, like I'm not even sure when the rules changed because goalies weren't always even allowed to like leave their feet. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I know for sure. <laughs> I don't know when this dude scored seven goals, but I know scoring five goals in a game in today's like 2022 style of hockey uh, that is pretty damn hard to do. So certainly impressive when it happens. Um, not that Timo no, Meyer is not, not taking away from that from him. Yeah, yeah. Not not that Timo Meyer isn't like a known player in the league, but like you know when you hear of like Matthews scoring four goals or Liney yeah. scoring four goals, you're like, oh yeah, that kind of makes sense. I'm not gonna lie, man. I wasn't expecting to hear this about Timo Meyer. Well, you know he he's got a hard shot. <laughs> He certainly does. Uh, that is for sure. Yeah. Uh, but it, it was cool. I listened to the the announcers as well, like the broadcasters. They did a really good job. They were really excited. They were on the ball, like talking about it being like a broken record and stuff. And mm-hmm. it, it's always fun to hear those uh, those calls, right? For sure. Okay, Marcus. Uh, I believe it was you that once said, "This is actually the Evander Kane podcast," and we also <laughs> talk about some other hockey related stuff along the way. So why don't you uh, get us all caught up and up to date on on the Evander Kane podcast here? All right. So the real news, the real stuff that everybody came to listen about. Uh, Evander Kane has signed with the Edmonton Oilers. So as we suspected originally that Evander Kane is probably going to go with the Oilers, uh, he he did. I think he signed for, was it 750K, I think? Yeah, it's a it's a prorated, uh, yeah. but then it's, it's yeah. also bonus laden as well. Okay. So I, th- I think it could be up to $2.1 million Okay. if he hits all of his bonuses. Yeah, I'm not sure what those bonuses are, but so far in three games uh, with the Edmonton Oilers, he has two goals, one assist, nine shots, and 15 hits. So he's definitely bringing the pain and putting the puck in the net for the Oilers, which is what they wanted. We'll see what happens. He- he's there. Congrats to him. He's back. He obviously needs the contract. He needs the money. I think it's important to note, too, that, uh, like, obviously this means the NHL has done their investigation, right? So Mm -hmm. he hasn't been suspended for additional games or anything like that. 
I know for a fact that they have still filed, and when I say they, I mean the NHLPA and Evander Kane, they have still filed a grievance against the San Jose Sharks for terminating the contract. So likely, if anything comes of that, it will be like what market said. Like a the con- or something. Yeah, exactly. It, it'll just be they'll pay him some money if they're found guilty. But the fact that they were able to terminate the contract, the NHL did an investigation, and the NHL backed it, like I wonder if it's literally just like a fine. Like I don't think that they would still make the San Jose Sharks hold the cap it against the team cap. I think that at this point, it's pretty safe to say that that $7 million per season is not going to impact the San Jose Sharks in terms of their cap situation. They mm-hmm. might end up having to pay him some money as a as means of a fine if yeah. it does go to arbitration and, and they decide that it was not, uh, you know, obviously closed correctly. But at this point, I feel like if the team terminated and the NHL kind of backed them on it, I, I feel like it's pretty unlikely that they reinstate the contract or or make the San Jose Sharks kind of, you know, have to deal with some type of cap penalty. I could be wrong, but at this point, it is what it is. He's there. Hopefully, he helps that team and sparks that team. But here's the good thing. If you're an Oilers fan, he's only signed to the end of the year. So, like, if he goes there and lights it up with McDavid or Dreisaitl and Edmonton still sucks and it's obvious they're not going to make the playoffs, (laughs) they could literally trade him at the trade deadline and get an asset for him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there, there's nothing holding him to the city. There's nothing that's holding him long-term to be there. It like, you got to figure he's going to be on his best behavior till at least the end of the season so that he could try to sign another long-term deal this off season with a different NHL team. Like he's probably not going to get a seven times seven deal anymore, but who's to say he doesn't get like a four times four deal. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I was just gonna say, well, hopefully, you know, it he's turned over a new leaf and like he can, you know, get his uh career back on track. Yeah, you know, obviously what went down over the summer and everything and how he carried himself during his time at San Jose this season just isn't a good reflection upon him. Right. Yeah, well, again, like I said, we'll see what happens. I feel like it is a really low cost kind of no, I, um, I don't think it's a big risk. impact for the – yeah, no risk really for the Oilers. Yeah. They can just bury the contract if he's not good or, yeah. like you said, if, if they're not making the playoffs or anything, they can trade him or, or whatever. But it's just like, you know, he, he keeps getting these extra chances and if he keeps showing that he's not a great person, then why yeah. should he be getting this <laughs> opportunity? That's why, that's why I was kind of conflicted. I, I hear you, man. And, and, again, it is what it is too, but, like, if he wanted to win a Stanley Cup, like, no offense, but why did he sign with Edmonton? Like, they're clearly not on a good trajectory. They're not, like, since their really, really hot start, they've obviously been struggling in a lot of ways. They've been having a lot of issues overall as a team. Like, if he truly wanted to come back and just win the Stanley Cup, I feel like he would have gone to another team. There was a lot of teams apparently interested in him at a one-year deal at a very low cost just to see if they could get him for this year's playoff push. Uh, the fact that he went to Edmonton again just really makes me think he went there because he knows he'll play with either McDavid or Dreisaitl, which likely means that his personal statistics will be relatively high for the short time he's there. And then hopefully in the off season, that'll make him be able to sign a bigger meal ticket. So again, I still think it's a, a more of a personal 
kind of decision that he made that will probably be better for him long term instead of thinking this is a very unique opportunity i get to sign a one-year low money deal with a team like why not go to tampa bay why not go to florida why not go to toronto right like why not go to a team that's showing you that they're very clearly a really strong team that's making a push like mm-hmm. yeah so that's kind of what i think personally obviously i can't speak specifically for Evander Kane, but um, just looking at the situation from an outside perspective, that's kind of what it seems like to me. Well, like you said, you get to play with the best player in the league. So what's the worst that happens? You don't light it up, I guess, or you're probably going to light it up. And then if the team does well all of a sudden and you make the playoffs and, you know, you could be hailed the savior, quote unquote, or something like that. Or, you know, Mm -hmm. you're the guy that helped turn around the teams and even make more money. Um, let alone, you know, scoring like 20 goals this season or something like that because exactly. you got to play with McDavid. So I, I don't know if it's like the worst. Like, yeah, I get it that you're saying it's a little selfish or it seems a little selfish, but you never know. Maybe Tampa or Florida or those top teams weren't interested because they don't want to, you know, mess with the chemistry in the locker room or something. It could be lo- like you could, there could be a lot of teams interested, but they're just all like lower teams or, you know, teams that maybe he doesn't want to go play for or, or something. I don't know, you know not everybody wants to go play in Winnipeg. <laughs> yep. And I I truly Winter Peg. <laughs> do not <right>? believe uh, <laughs> to go from that... San Jose <laughs> yeah. to go to I mean Edmonton's cold as well, so don't get me wrong, but at least with uh Edmonton, like you said, there's chance for personal success and then also you could help turn the team around. Yeah. And also, there's no chance in hell Winnipeg's taking it back. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> oh, yeah. I so forgot I forgot he used to play for Winnipeg. We're, but... <laughs> we're talking about Winnipeg as if yeah, yeah. he wouldn't no, want to go there. Uh, that... <laughs> but ironically, Winnipeg has no interest in him going back. <laughs> that is true. That is so. true. But I, I, but I don't know. I am just. I know you said there's a lot of teams interested. But, again, I, I don't know the teams. And I, for all I know, it could have been Tampa and Florida. And Oh, Toronto. yeah. No, sorry. I'm yeah. telling you that based on, uh, based oh, on okay. articles and okay. stuff that I read. Okay. from insiders giving information. I know yeah. Florida made a, a big push for him. Yeah. Um, so, like, he, he definitely could have gone to a team uh, that is much higher up in the standings than mm-hmm. the Edmonton Oilers. So, definitely a personal choice for him. It is what it is. And uh, I think I think we move on. Or is this still called the Evander Kane podcast? <laughs> I think we can put a rest for that for now unless he <laughs> scores five goals in a game or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be pretty wicked. <laughs> Yeah. Or pulls off a Michigan or, you know. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Something then we like can that. come back and, and talk about it for sure. All right, let's 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 touch base quickly. A um, bit of a Leafs corner. You know, obviously with uh, the All-Star break happening and uh, uh, some stuff going on in the league, there there hasn't been a ton of games actually since, since we last spoke. But overall, what we can tell you is the offense is really starting to fire it up now. Austin Matthews is up to 31 goals in 40 games now. Remember, remember when he had a bit of a slow start and everyone's like, what's happening? Yeah, yeah he has 31 goals in 40 games. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he is red hot himself. And uh, part of the reason for that is because Mitch Marner is on fire. He has 19 points, including 10 goals in eight games. And he has scored in eight consecutive games. Yeah, the, the people who were talking about how Marner was having a slow start too. Boy, is he heating it up. Man, this team is on fire. Although, Matthews did leave at the end of the third period last game, eh? Yeah, he got a knee to the head. I believe it was 
Brett Pesci. He was, uh, yeah. he was just going into the corner and battling with uh, Nino Niederreiter, and I think he just he fell. And then Brett Pesci was skating by and kneed him in the back of the head by accident. Similar, I guess, to a certain extent as the Corey Perry knee to the face, not to that extreme for Matthews, thankfully. So I, I know he was placed in concussion protocol. Obviously, he didn't come back. It was very late in the game. The Leafs did win in overtime against Carolina. Uh, Marner scored uh, the overtime goal, so that was uh, really good to see. But, yeah, hopefully Matthews isn't out too long. Hopefully he doesn't have – he didn't sustain a concussion or has any symptoms or anything like that. Hopefully he'll be back for next game. I really hope he's back. Uh, as long as he's not injured, I am taking him to win the Rocket Richard Trophy, man. This, this oh, guy, the rate he's going at, I yeah, unreal, I think so, absolutely sure. unbelievable. I mean, Ovechkin so, may have something to say about it, but <laughs> hey, you know what? If Ovi wins, I'm happy too. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, I would be happier. I want to see Matthew score fifty, though. Yeah, Hopefully, yeah, yeah. Right? I, I would be happier with Matthews winning. So, of course, <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, Thirty-one goals in forty games, like we said, that is a pretty ridiculous pace. It would be pretty freaking cool. <laughs> Uh, if he was able to get like 50 goals in 50 games or something, uh, that'd be that'd be pretty insane uh, in today's NHL. But if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be Austin Matthews. Yeah, I think uh, I saw a stat. I think it was since last season or something. Austin Matthews has has had the like highest goals per game uh, average. I think is at 0.72 goals per game or something like that. Over the la- like since he started in the league, you mean? No, I think it was since like last, like last season, just last season or something. Oh, okay, yeah. Because yeah. I think yeah. this season he's at zero point seven eight. Oh, okay, so he's even <laughs> higher. Yeah, which is nuts. <laughs> like, yeah. well, he has thirty one goals in forty games, man. That's true. I mean, <laughs> like, I, he's last season he started the season. He was at like I think it was like nineteen goals in in like nineteen games or something. So he was our he yeah, was yeah, a yeah. goal a game to start. Yeah, and then I think he uh, he slowed down or something. I don't remember exactly what happened, but he did slow down a little, but. Well, yeah. So hopefully, yeah, hopefully he's not injured and hopefully he'll be yeah. back and to continue the pace that he's been tearing it up at. Absolutely. All right. So as Sean stated, the NHL All-Star Weekend happened this past weekend. So they they played the skills competition on Friday and then Saturday was the three on three games. So I'm just going to go through some of the winners and some of the highlights of the NHL All-Star Weekend. And so we had the fastest skater that was not Connor McDavid this year. He was going to go for his fourth fastest skater award, but uh, he was actually beaten out by the St. Louis Blue, Jordan Cairo. He scored a 13.55 seconds skating around the, the rink. And then we have the longest save streak. So that was, they had two goalies for each division and they would uh, save a breakaway and then the other goalie would have an opportunity to save a breakaway and then see how long the streak was. I think in a prior iteration of this, in another All-Star weekend, they had, uh, it was just the one goalie. I think it was Jordan Biddington. He he made like nine or 11 s- stops in a row. So wow. this year, yeah, this year was uh, the Atlantic division won it. So Jack Campbell and Vasilevsky. They had the longest streak at nine, so that was uh, that was good to see. Especially, soup. you know, yeah, soup getting a, a a nice little win there. 
And then so another event that they had was the face-off, the the fountain face-off. So this was a new event. Uh, It was in the Bellagio fountain. I don't know if you've been to Vegas. It's like a huge fountain and they have like a show every, I I don't know how many, how many times a day, but it's like. Yeah, I've been there before. It's really cool. Yeah. So they actually had the players on this like floating dinghy and they were like shooting the, they like had glowing pucks. And they would shoot the like saucer past these pucks onto like other floating dinghies uh, in the in the fountain. So it was it was kind of interesting. It was kind of cool. Um, they had a, also Jocelyn Lamro Davidson. Uh, she was on she's on Team USA. So she also competed. She actually put up a pretty good time of sixteen point two five three seconds to get four dinghies basically. Uh, nice. And the winner was Zach Wierenski. So they they had everybody do it once, and they had to get four. And then the top two had to do it again, and they, they had five overall. They had five uh, set up. So uh, Zach Wierenski ended up winning overall. He had his first time was 15.16 seconds, and then when he had to do the five, it took him 25.634 seconds. And the fastest time to do the four was Roman Yossi with 11.855 seconds. So... That was that was pretty good. Um, the only thing was they didn't really have any fans, so it was them just kind of talking to each other, and they had Jerry D talking in their ears. So he and you know how Jerry D is; he's like a comedian, and he just kind of like some dry humor, <laughs> kind of make oh, yeah. kind of throwing some jabs at them and and stuff. And you know, you know how hockey players are; they're not really the most. Uh, <laughs> The largest personalities, you could say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know what you mean. <laughs> so, and it was just a little quiet. So, because they're all just kind of standing around there and just like the odd small talk, and they're just waiting for them to like to go and shoot. So, it was it was kind of cool, but it was kind of like a little awkward at the same time. So next, they also had obviously the hardest shot. That was a pretty fun event this year because. All four players actually uh, sl- took their slap shot over 100 miles per hour. So even, Crazy. even Timo Meyer, that's why I said earlier he had a hard shot. He hit 100.1. Tom Wilson, he was the last player to shoot. He actually got 101.1. And every time he, he shot or was like on the ice or anything, uh, he got booed, obviously, because this year the uh, All-Star game was in Vegas. He's got some bad blood with <laughs> with Vegas. So yeah. He, got, yeah, he got booed. Adam Pellick from the New York Islanders hit a 102.2. And then Victor Hedman, who is probably the favorite, as he's probably the, the largest guy there as well, he hit a 103.2 miles per hour slap shot. So that was Crazy, pretty impressive. Man. Yep. Another event they had was they brought back the NHL Breakaway Challenge. So this one, they actually, like, it was pretty cool. Again, a lot of the players brought some personality and I think all of them dressed up. So that was pretty cool to see. So we had Alex DeBrinket. He dressed up as Alan from uh, The Hangover. Sean is very familiar with that. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sean dressed up as Alan as well this year because with his new child, it was perfect for The Hangover uh, costume for Halloween. Baby Carlos. Bit. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and then uh, Jack Hughes, he did like a Vegas magic trick. He hid like a kid in a box. That sounds weird, but basically it was like they called him Mini Jack Hughes and then Mini Jack Hughes scored and then they both threw their sticks into the crowd, which was kind of cool. They also had two guest star goalies. So they weren't shooting on NHL goalies. They had 
Manon Riome, who is like one of the women's hockey pioneers. She played a preseason game for the Tampa Bay Lightning back in the 90s. I don't remember what year exactly, but she was like the first and only female to play in the NHL, basically. So she was one of the guest goalies. And then the other one was, I think he was like an actor or a director or something. I don't remember exactly who he was. Next, they also had Kirill Kaprizov. I think he shot first. He actually dressed up as Alex Ovechkin and he shot right. Kirill uh, normally shoots left, so he, he scored. He had yellow laces and did like basically everything Ovechkin did. He did the, like, my stick is hot celebration. So right. put the stick on, on fire. the ground. Yeah, on fire. And then uh, you had um, Alex Petrangelo. I believe he won the competition i don't think his was the best but he's the hometown favorite he's the playing to the crowd obviously he's not really a big shootout guy but he like brought out like a drum band and he had like a light up jersey and stuff so it was it was kind of cool but i don't think his was the coolest i left the best for last sean we already talked about him today trevor zegris do you want to describe the trevor zegris goal Man, that thing was absolutely insane. So he, he dressed up, um, I don't know if everybody's seen Dodgeball, uh, but in Average Joe's, he dressed up as, uh, what was the character's name? I remember his last name was Lafleur. I don't remember his first name. <laughs> right. Uh, but, uh, it was Vince Vaughn. <laughs> Vince Vaughn's character, yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so he, he basically, he dressed up in the Average Joe's uniform, wearing the the yellow jersey with with some yellow pants on, and he actually got somebody to blindfold him. So if yeah. you remember the the overtime in the uh, dodgeball movie when Vince Vaughn put, faced off against Ben Stiller, he blindfolded himself. So <laughs> he literally put on a blindfold and then he skated down the ice with the puck and like picked the puck up on his stick. So like think Michigan style, but he just picked it up enough so that it was off the ice. So that way he knew he had full control of the puck and he mm-hmm. literally did a spinorama and then pulled back and shot the puck into the corner and scored the goal. All the while, a bunch of mascots from a bunch of different hockey teams are literally throwing dodgeballs at him while he's performing this trick as well. Man, that was absolutely insane. The skill that he needed to be able to go down blindfolded, pick the puck up, do a spinorama, still feel like oriented, I guess, and like facing the net a correct way. And there was a goalie in that. It's not like he just yeah. shot an empty yeah. net. Like he scored on the goalie. So it was, it was crazy. I don't think it didn't, it definitely didn't get like enough recognition while in the it happened. Yeah. In the moment, obviously like you look back at it and it was so sick. And a lot of the NHL players were looking at it and like shaking their head. Like, Oh my God, I can't do that. I would never try that. But I don't think like the crowd and the judges didn't give it justice or, you know, it didn't, they didn't, <laughs> they like didn't even vote it the best. So obviously I, I don't know what was going on there. He kind of did it fast in that, like he didn't give like the mascots enough time to really get on the ice to like throw the dodgeballs at him, but they still like threw the dodgeballs at him. And yeah, it, but it was, it was a sick goal. He just did it so quick and it looks so smooth and effortless that that's probably also why they, they didn't judge it so high. So. Yeah, the judges didn't like fully realize. Yeah, because when you watch the replay of it, you're like, oh my gosh. Like seeing yeah. the way he handled the puck. Even the cameraman up, was a little spinner. behind, though. Oh my gosh, man. <laughs> what an incredible goal, though. That, like, that kid, whew, yeah. he has some serious skill. <laughs> yeah, and swagger. <laughs> yes, and swagger. Right? It takes a lot to just go on the ice and pull that off, right? 
Like, yeah. Even in an all-star game. So. Oh, yeah. Um, so I also had a new event. I think this is also kind of like a one-time event. It was called 21 in 22. So they basically played blackjack. They had like a, they had all the cards up on a huge, I don't know, stage basically. And they were, they shut down part of the strip. So they had these players, they had Kadri, Matthews, Joe Pavelski, uh, Steven Stamkos and Brady Kachuk. They were outside and they were just like wearing shoes and they were shooting and like they'd have to hit the card and that would be their card for blackjack. So they they all originally got 21 to start and then they did like highest card. So I think Joe Pavelski, he hit the ace and then Steven Stamkos uh, hit an ace and then basically everybody else was eliminated because there was no more aces left and then um, they just did high card next and I think Pavelski hit a queen and then Stamkos didn't hit a queen to tie it to continue right. on so yeah. Pavelski ended up winning and it was kind of similar in that in the face off fountain or the fountain face off because there weren't really any fans to cheer them on and so it was just them kind of talking to each other and I think it was uh, Jerry D as well and I think Dave Englin former Vegas Golden Knight He's, he, he's from Vegas. He also was commentating for that. So they were, like, asking the players questions or kind of making fun of them because I think, like, Matthews got a two, his first one, same with Stamkos, but they all ended up getting 21. So, yeah, it was kind of cool, but, again, it just, like, didn't have that, like, atmosphere, I guess. Because, yeah. again, they're just – or that – it was kind of a little awkward. Try, trying to make it vegas yeah, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. I mean, that's kind of cool that they're trying to – add in some like new events and try and change it up because i mean as fun as the nhl skills competition is it i don't think it's got that whole the whole flashiness like the i find like i'm more drawn to like the nba skills competition for example like everybody would always talk about the the dunk contest and stuff but i think this year with they, them bringing back the breakaway challenge was pretty fun and like that zegras goal is was amazing <laughs> last event sorry sean was the accuracy shooting the nhl accuracy shooting so that's the four targets uh and they passed the puck to them aho won. he hit all four in four shots so he hit it in 10.937 seconds it was questionable his third shot which was the top left corner it like just touched it like you see the replay and you see like it probably took out like the size of a quarter out of the target but obviously he hit it and he saw it and the ref did call it a, a little late, but he just continued on and he hit the fourth shot. It was uh, pretty impressive. That's dope. Yeah, so that was the uh, NHL skills competition. The All-Star game, I honestly didn't really watch, or the All-Star games, because they do kind of like a little mini tournament, three-on-three style, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah so I was able to watch the actual uh, the games themselves. Um, so they did like two, basically two semifinals and then a final. Um, yeah. So they, they split them up like they did uh, one one from the east, one from the west in terms of divisions for each semifinal. Mm-hmm. And then it, it ended up being the Metropolitan Division that ended up winning uh, in the finals. But honestly, man, like I'll be honest, I was a little disappointed. Like when you think of three on three hockey, you think of overtime in NHL games. Yeah. And it's just I feel like the intensity more in- isn't there. Right. Yeah. Like there's more incentive for them to try to score in a regular season game when they're in overtime because they want that extra point in the standings um, and they want to get that ROW up, right, for the end of the year. So yeah. it just wasn't the same. 
I felt like the Atlantic division, and I feel like it's because of Matthews, how competitive he is. Like they seem to try the most in terms mm-hmm. of actual effort. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, they didn't win, but yeah, it, it was pretty lackadaisical. Like I, I feel like, well, they never play defense, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> but just like, yeah, you know, like they do stuff like fast skating, like all these things, but then I feel like it was pretty slow and, yeah, it just it just wasn't as good as I was hoping it was going to be, especially when mm-hmm. you think of like three on three hockey. Maybe um, they got to like make the uh, rink smaller or something, so just more action. Yeah, maybe of skating a maybe. full rink. Yeah, but, who knows, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, they it was a couple years ago that they changed it up to three on three. I think that like kind of helped it a little, but I think the All Star Weekend is about the fans in that city, right? Like, yeah, them, yeah, for them sure. getting those NHL players and. You know, and it's also about the, the the recognizing those NHL All Stars, right? Like they get to have a fun weekend with their families, um, and then you know chat with other All Stars and stuff like that. And so, I think it's about more more about the fans in that city, not necessarily like for us just watching it on TV. Yeah, Claude Giroux did win the MVP for the All Star weekend, just so boosting he, his stock for getting yeah. traded. He had a doing. very he had a very nice goal though. I did see that where he kind of just like pulled a went to one, one side and then just like yeah cur- pulled like, pulled back pulled all, yeah pulled it back over. So that was a really nice goal. I did see that goal. That was a nice goal. So yeah, that was the NHL All Star weekend. <laughs> Good recap, Marcus. Thank you yeah. very much. <laughs> Hopefully not lots too of, boring, but <laughs> lots of detail for anyone who didn't see it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Back by popular demand, we have the quiz corner of our podcast. Are we calling it the quiz corner, Marcus, or are we calling it? There's so many the corners. Quiz, Do we quiz is section? It a square? Are we in a, a rectangular room, or is it <laughs> uh, <laughs> octagonal? I don't know. What, because we have, you know, there's Leafs corner, fantasy corner, quiz corner. <laughs> well, that's why I thought we'd stick with corner. But you're right. I think there's quite a few corners. Well, so. I mean, if, if we go with those, that's what fantasy. Leafs uh, and quiz. That's three corners. So we're in a triangle. Yeah, we're in a triangle. <laughs> and then, and okay, then... a Vander Kane corner. Uh, That's true. So we're a square. We're a square. We're a square right we now. But we are putting the Vander Kane stuff to rest. <laughs> well, until the off season. Un- un- or yeah, until you know he lights it up or or something else happens. But <laughs> till he's looking for his next contract. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Marcus, this time I am going to ask you a question first. Okay. And the question is. Very creative. It's actually the same question you asked me a couple episodes ago, <laughs> where you asked me for the current leaders in games played, goals, assists, and points for each team in the Atlantic Division, except I'm going to ask you about the Metropolitan Division. Darn. <laughs> yes. So a little bit different, but uh, yeah, so that's how it's going to go down. So I'm just going to go through the teams alphabetically, and you're just going to see if you can get games played, goals, assists, and also points. All Sounds right. good? Okay. All right, so you are looking for two names, Marcus. Two names. What team? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Uh, alphabetical. So Carolina Hurricanes. Is All first. right, Carolina Hurricanes. Oh, not Eric Stahl. <laughs> Games played. Jordan Stahl. Do you want to guess all of them first? Yeah, yeah, and sure. Then... I'll, I'll guess all of them. I'll guess all of them. Okay. Okay. Ooh, who's on Carolina? I can't even think. Goals. Sebastian Ajo. Assists. Sebastian Ajo, and points, Sebastian Ajo. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. So you got Jordan Stahl, 
Savashinaho, Savashinaho, Savashinaho. So you got three out of four correct, Marcus. But for assists, okay, so it's not Jordan Stahl actually has more assists than Savashinaho. Oh, okay. Currently, but he's only leading by fourteen. Okay, so it's only a matter of time, probably. No offense, Jordan Stahl. <laughs> but Marcus Savashinaho is actually tied with somebody else for assists. Oh, on the Carolina Hurricanes. So Jordan Stahl's number one, and yeah. then it's Savashinaho tied with another player for assists. Okay, and you want me to guess them? <laughs> no. You, oh, do you want me to just tell you? Sure, just tell me. I can't think right now. It's actually Tuvo Teravainen. Oh, Teravainen, yeah. Teravainen okay. also has 202 assists, so pretty cool. The other name that's popped up actually a few times here is for games played, Jeff Skinner is second. Mm-hmm. And also for goals, Jeff Skinner is actually still first, but he plays wow. for Buffalo yeah. now. So yeah. He was uh, there he, a long time, right? Yeah, so. he has 204 goals compared to Ajo having 164. Where does so, Eric Stahl fall? Eric Stahl wouldn't be on the list I have Oh, yeah, open, I guess because he's technically retired from the Because he NHL? is currently not playing, yeah. So uh, oh, yeah. I don't okay. have that answer for you at yeah. this time. Okay, so <laughs> that's why you yeah. didn't say anything when I said not Eric Stahl. <laughs> that, that's why I didn't say anything because we're looking for on active <laughs> yeah. players who currently play for the clubs that we're talking about. Fair enough, fair enough. So three out of four, Marcus. That's pretty darn good start. Not too bad. All right, okay. now we're going to move on. The next team in alphabetical order would yep. be the Columbus Blue Jackets. Oh. So let me just take a quick look here for how many players so there's two names, Marks, that you're looking for. Two names. Two names that you're looking for. Okay. So games, I'm going to go with Boone Jenner. Goals, I'm going to go with Boone Jenner. Assists, I'm going to go with Zach Wierenski. And points, I guess if it's two, then it's either one of those. We'll go with Zach Wierenski. Okay. So you had Jenner. Jenner, Jenner, Wierenski, Wierenski. Wierenski, Wierenski. All right. <laughs> Zero out of four. All right, all right. I feel like it's a lot easier knowing how many people there are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the two names are correct. It's between Boone Jenner and Zach Wierenski. For games played, it is Boone Jenner. He has been there longer. He yeah. has 574. Compared to Wierenski, Marcus only has 377. Wow. So Boone Jenner has actually played about 200 more games for Columbus than Zach Wierenski. Wow, yeah. Goals... Boone Jenner, he has twice as many goals as Wierenski, 140 to 71. Mm-hmm. Assists is Zach Wierenski. Okay. 143 compared to Jenner's 132. So there's only 11 okay. assist difference. Yeah. So that it's means points is actually Boone Jenner with 272 compared to Wierenski's 214. Nice. Okay. So three out of four again. Three out of four again. Not bad. <laughs> A couple other names that are showing up pretty much on every single list, Marcus. There's two guys that are currently active but don't play for the team anymore that are actually top two in all of these categories. Uh, Nick Felino. Yes, and the other one just got traded. Cam Atkinson. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cam Atkinson, Nick Felino are top two for like every single category. Mm. But they don't play for Columbus yeah. anymore, which is why that's incorrect for our quiz. Yeah. I was going to say, where's uh, Voracek land? I was thinking he could be assist, but I guess he didn't play there long enough. Voracek? Yeah, before he got traded to Philly uh, the first time. Oh, true. Yeah, because he was there earlier. Yeah. 
you know what? I'm not sure the answer to that question. And I'm going to be honest with you. I already X'd out of that tab. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> so I can go back and no check worries. in a second. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. But it's right just, now, Marcus, it's just Columbus. <laughs> we're actually looking at the New Jersey Devils. Okay. Okay. All so right. you start thinking about your answers, and I'm going to tell you how many players in a moment. Okay. Do you have some ideas, Marcus? Oh, I was going to say how many players. I know. I'm just I'm just curious if you got any ideas. Oh, uh, Damon C- Severson, Severson for games played. Okay, okay. And then I'm trying to think. I don't know who else for points. Not Jack Hughes. There's there's two names you're looking for total. Okay. And I can confirm that Damon Severson is one of them. Okay. So, yeah, Severson for games played. And then points or goals, assists, and points is going to be Pavel Zaka. Pavel Zaka. <laughs> Interesting, Marcus. That oh, is wait. not... The wait, second wait. name that I'm yeah, looking for. Pavel okay. Zaka does not have any of the four categories. <laughs> so you are all right, one. All right, all right. Let me give you another four. name. Oh, wait. No, Kyle Palmieri doesn't play there anymore either. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's actually a list of people for goals that are on this team. And so I guess I should just outright say it. Like Damon Severson has three of the four categories. Oh, okay. So, so not goals. Uh, so he's got assists and points and games played, but not oh, goals. No, sorry, I lied. He only has two. Okay. Yeah, so it's split two and two. Okay, so he's got he's got assists and games played. And then this other player that I can't think of right now is gonna be winning in goals and points. I that don't know. Is, correct. is it is it Nico Heischer then? Nico Heischer's name is popping up for sure. But he's not the leader. But he's not the leader. Okay. Uh, let me it's see. It's actually a winger. It a is winger. not a center. Okay. Okay. Let me g- Give me one more guess, and then you can tell me if I don't get them. Sounds good. Wingers on New Jersey. <laughs> you can do it, Marcus. I believe in you. By the way, that's New Jersey. That's last place. <laughs> I'm just drawing blanks right now. Okay. I can't think of anybody. <laughs> Jesper Fast. No, it's not him. It's... Who's another winger on New Jersey? That's okay. I can't think of anybody. Um, man, did I make a mistake? Just give me one second here. Sure. That'll give me more time to I, think. I thought that they were still currently on the team, but I'm wondering. Oh, no. they. Sorry. <laughs> I, I made a mistake. Kyle Palmieri is not on the New the, Jersey The Devils. player that I'm thinking of is actually no longer <laughs> on the New Jersey Devils. So my apologies, Marcus. So because of that, that means you are actually correct that Nico Heischer is the oh. goals leader. Okay. And that Damon Severson is the points leader. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, my my apologies. I forgot that Adam Henrique is now on. He's Anaheim. on Anaheim. He was on yeah. Anaheim a while ago. Yeah, that was that was my That's mistake. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was the other way around where he was playing for Anaheim and then got traded to New Jersey. Oh, yeah, yeah. But my apologies. It was that he plays for he used to play for New Jersey and now he plays for uh, Anaheim. Okay. So, okay. that was just my mistake. No, but, that's uh, fine. That's fine. We can yeah. edit that. <laughs> there, there you go. <laughs> so, yeah. So we have Marcus is correct that Damon Severson is the leader in games played. And then Damon Severson is actually the leader in assists and points as well. And then Nico Heischer is the leader in goals. All right. But there is somebody else who is actually pretty high up on most of these lists. Uh, Two names, actually, in particular. 
is Zach Parisi and Andy Green. Mm, both neither do of, not play. <laughs> neither of whom play for yeah. the Devils at this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there you go. Man, Andy Green played 923 games for New yeah, Jersey. Yeah, he's played a long time. Yeah, that was that was a really long time. Yeah. I mean, he was their captain yeah. after uh, Parise. Yeah. Also, just so you know, Marcus, you originally said Pavel Zaka. Yeah. Nico Heischer has 67 goals. Mm-hmm. Pavel Zaka has 66. Oh, so I was close. I was close. <laughs> Literally one yeah. goal difference between them. <laughs> That's because so, Nico Heischer scored last night. No, I don't know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so you were extraordinarily close. Okay. In terms of that right there. But All right. yeah, yeah, otherwise. I was like, uh, Nico Heischer's pretty young. I don't know if he's got the. You know, he scored some decent amount of goals, but I don't think he had that many. But, well, I don't know if you want to say 67 is a lot or too little. Well, but... <laughs> in 271 games, I wouldn't consider it a ton. Yeah. But it's yeah. a lot more than 66 by Zaka in 360 games. True, true. So there's almost 100 more games, and he's got one less goal. Okay, uh, okay. Which is pretty yeah. crazy. But yeah. Jack Hughes has 30 goals in 145 games. I think at the rate Jack Hughes has been playing – or this how he's season. been playing this season, he's gonna he's gonna pass Heischer in goals. Yes, I think that that is only a matter of time. He yeah. is absolutely going to be the number. No one offense scorer. to Nico Heischer. I mean, he was a first overall pick. He's a he's a great player. I'd love to have him on the Leafs, but I don't think he's quite the scoring prowess as uh, Jack Hughes. Yeah, not not quite. But <laughs> then again, that's what we were expecting when Jack Hughes got drafted first overall, whereas when Nico Heischer was drafted first overall, I don't think people were quite expecting that. Yeah, true. So, all right, Marcus, next team is the New York Islanders. I mean, mm. the Islanders. Yes. Another team, Marcus, that needs to win the rest of their games to have a chance at the playoffs. <laughs> but there is two names you are looking for, Marcus. Two names. And I can give you a hint. It's not John Tavares. Even That's... though his name shows up quite a bit, yeah, yeah, I mean he played there for quite a long, quite a while. If John Tavares still played for them right now with the stats that he had, he would only have two out of the four. Oh, categories. Only two, okay. Yeah. All right. So games played is going to be Anders Lee. Okay. Goals is going to be Anders Lee. Assists Matthew Barzal, and points is Matthew Barzal. Okay. Okay. Marcus, you have one correct out of four. <laughs> one correct out of four. And which, the one correct one you that? have is that Anders Lee has the most goals. Okay. He is at 195. And uh, the other three categories is actually just one player. One player. But you have not named that player. Okay, so not Matthew Barzal. <laughs> no, it is not Matthew Barzal. All right, Josh Bailey. Ding, ding, ding. All right. <laughs> yes. Man, Josh Bailey has played 953 games for the New York wow. Islanders. Wow. He almost has 1,000 <laughs> games played, man. I would not have guessed that. He yeah. still seems like young or he's like this up-and-coming player. but Sneaky. I guess not. <laughs> Sneaky, He's <man>. a veteran. <laughs> he is absolutely a veteran. He has the most assists at 366. And he also has the most points at 531. The next closest person who still plays for the team, he's at 531, is Brock Nelson at 350 points. 
Oh, wow. Okay. So he almost has 200 more points than the next person. Actually, Brock Nelson's name has come up quite a bit too. He was mm-hmm. second behind Anders Lee for goals scored. Yeah, he's been there a while too. So He's been there a while. He gets quite a decent amount of points. But yes, Marcus. Barzal's still pretty young. He didn't, Josh he Bailey played. sneakily, almost <laughs> yes. at 1,000 games for the New York Islanders. Wow. wow. <laughs> that actually caught me by surprise too. Yeah. I, I, guess, I was uh, yeah. not expecting that. I guess uh, Barzal's has only played like, what, 300 games or something compared to 900. Yeah, Barzal has, oh, man, I got to go down pretty far for him, <laughs> 325 games. All right, so, yeah. <laughs> so, I, I thought he was, you know, putting in those points, but when you, it's hard to compete when someone's played 600 more games, so. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I hear you, man. I definitely hear you. So, uh, yeah, that's Josh Bailey, <laughs> for those of you who didn't know. Yeah, apparently uh, Josh Bailey just just killing it. All right, the Rangers. I'm guessing. Rangers are next, Marcus. Okay. How, how and you start thinking for a second because okay. there's just one name I want to make sure I'm I'm pretty confident is no longer on the team. Mm-hmm. But after my last mistake, I just wanted to confirm that before sure. telling you the number of players. Okay. All right, Marcus. Do you want to know how many players you're looking for for the New York Rangers? Yes, please. <laughs> okay. This one is very complex. So you listen carefully, okay? One player. One player for all four categories. Chris Kreider. That is correct. All right. <laughs> well done, Marcus. Yeah, he has the most goals. He has the most games played behind Mark Stahl, by the way. Doesn't play okay. for them anymore. Yeah. The most goals, um, he has 210 compared to Zibanejad at 154. I was going to say Zibby, but then I was like, no, Chris Kreider's been there longer, and he's put up some pretty good numbers, and he's having a great season this this year. Yeah, I mean, they're pretty close. Like, it's not outrageous how much far further ahead he is, mm-hmm. considering I'm, like, Zibanejad has played almost half the amount of games he has yeah, with yeah, the Rangers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, Zibby would have had more goals. And mm-hmm. then the other thing is assists. He only has five more assists than Zibanejad. Oh, wow, okay. So And Zibanejad has... 332 points compared to Kreider's 393 points. So a 60 point difference. But the big difference between the two of them is that Kreider has played 620 games with the Rangers and Zabinajad has only played 370. Yeah. So, and then there's Panarin now too. But I mean, Panarin is there as well. Yeah. Well, Panarin has more points than both of them. He has 205 points in 153 games. Oh, wow. (laughs) <laughs> so <laughs> that's really good numbers as yeah. a ranger <laughs> yeah he has a 1.34 points per game average <laughs> dang that's why Since, he's one of the top fantasy players yeah pretty freaking crazy that's why i took him that's why you drafted pick. him right yeah you're yeah. right <laughs> and then he had a slow start it's all right it's I, more I got than mitch for. marner and then same thing with Mitch Marner. That's what I'm telling you, man. I had a good team. I drafted a good team. I I don't doubt that. Sean. I just had you a normally slow do start. draft a very good team. It's just you got some bad luck, and then this this year is a keeper league, so you build for the future, right? Like if you're not in it in like a regular redraft league, it's hard to like really give a dang. <laughs> yeah. No, I hear you. But yeah, Marner, Marner, and and uh, Matthew, or sorry, uh, Brady Kachuk. And then also having Zibanejad, all three of them had relatively slow starts to the season, unfortunately. Yeah. And I have Debrinket too, who's having an unreal year. So, also yeah, an all-star. just just un uncanny. I also had um, Gensel. 
Gensel. I had Gensel as well. And you had Malkin. Again, Gensel and Malkin and Marner and Panarin and also Kachuk. If all of those guys just had started a little bit earlier in the season, I think I would have had a pretty solid chance. Yeah, no. I mean, like like we said, where we always look over the teams after we finish drafting and we compare and usually you have a pretty you've got one of the top teams normally on paper. Yeah. All right. I agree, Marcus. I think, I mean, the next one is the Philadelphia Flyers. Claude and, uh, Yeah. <laughs> I, I was going to say. Easy one. <laughs> the answer is Claude Giroux. And it is a Claude Giroux sweep of all oh, four of categories. And it's probably like way past. <laughs> yeah. There is Sean Cascurier. He's been yeah. there for a while too. True. But he doesn't, he didn't score at the rate Claude Giroux yeah. did when Claude Giroux he, is in his prime. Yeah, he he's got about half as many points. Yeah. Like it's it's not close. <laughs> Giroux is leading all the categories by JBR should shouldn't be too bad either in terms of games played. Maybe. Um. Uh, yeah. Again, because he played for a while for the Leafs, right? That's true. That's true. Giroux's almost had a thousand games. He's at nine eighty five. Oh, so nice. So he'll probably he'll, hit a thousand games this year. Yeah, barring injuries, he'll hit a thousand games this year, and he has eight hundred and ninety three points in nine hundred and eighty five games. So. He's, a he's played point. almost as, as, or he's played just slightly more than Josh Bailey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Josh Bailey. Well, he's got a lot more points. They were probably in the same draft year, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, that that's pretty crazy. But let's see what happens with the next one, Marcus. Okay. Because the next one is the Pittsburgh Penguins. Ooh. Is this also a sweep, or do we have a bit of variety, Marcus? Oh, that's tough. What do you think? Do you think it's all one player, or do you think there's a split anywhere? I think there's a split. I mean, yeah, I think there's, there's a split. I don't think three Crosby has. Oh man, that have been there for a very long time, right? Yeah. Can you name those three players? Yeah, yeah, it's Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, and Jake Gensel. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Chris Letang. Chris Letang. <laughs> yeah. All three of them are over 900 games played. Okay. I know Crosby got his silver stick, so he's he's played a thousand. Crosby's at like four hundred ninety nine goals. He just like that was just the announced the other day, or he scored yep. his four ninety ninth the other day. So he's about to hit five hundred. Yeah, he probably has more assists than Malkin. I I'm gonna go with Sidney Crosby for all four. That is correct, my friend. Okay, <laughs> you got that me is. doubting myself a little, and I was like, Malkin was usually pretty healthy. Nope. You are absolutely correct. I just, mm. you know, I just wanted to throw a bit of doubt did, in there. You did. You definitely did. Just a did. little you, bit of doubt in there. It <laughs> yeah, is a sweet market. I'm guessing myself. As soon no, as it's Pittsburgh. I'm like, oh, Sidney Crosby. But then, I mean, you know, you think about it and, you know, yeah. he had that concussion season and, and you know, he missed a little bit of time this year. And, you know, he hasn't been truly always like playing 82 games, but. Yeah. No, I agree with you. It's one of those where because of the concussions, well, I don't think it ended up being concussion stuff, although he did have concussions. But with his injuries, just, you know, creeping a little bit yeah. of doubt in there. Yeah. Why not? But, and I know yeah. Malkin was, like, pretty healthy, but well, I think he misses games too. So He's missed a bit. Yeah. I mean, Latang's I know Latang has probably missed the most, but even though he's played longer. Uh, No, he, well, he's only played 906 games. Yeah, but, like, is he older than Crosby? Oh, um, I don't. Or is he? Yes, same I age think. Or is he I think he is. I think he would be. Yeah. So technically, um, or, he could have played like a full season before Crosby and Malkin did, or something. For example, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know exactly what it was, but 
Well, but then I know he's Marcus. definitely been injured a lot. Like he's missed like seasons almost. Yeah, from injury. So yeah, no. Chris Letang's at nine hundred six games. Malkin's at nine fifty two, and then Crosby's at one thousand and seventy four. Oh, so well, okay, so he's he's quite far ahead then. Yeah, he's got over a hundred more games than Malkin, and almost two hundred more games uh, against Letang. Yeah, and so goals, like you said, he's at four ninety nine. Malkin's at four twenty nine. So oh, he still okay. has 70 more goals than, than Malkin. Yeah. Uh, assists, he has quite a bit more. And then points, he's 250 yeah. or so uh, wow. ahead of Malkin. So wow. yeah. Crosby Cro- in 1,074 games is a 1.27 points per game player. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was generational that's, for, you know. That's he's, crazy. <laughs> he's been the best player up until pretty much Connor McDavid. Yeah. All right, Marcus, last one. Okay, is the Washington Washington Capitals. Capitals. (laughs) Alex Ovechkin. For how many, Marcus? Oh, I'm going to go with all Is this a sweep? Yeah, it's a sweep. Close. Oh, no. He has three out of four categories, Marcus. Backstrom is assist then. Backstrom has assist. Okay. I was was considering that, but I was going to just say, yeah, it's another sweep. (laughs) Ah, Why not? Why not? Um, yes, no, uh, Backstrom does actually have more assists than Ovechkin does. Um, he has 112 more assists than Ovechkin. Wow. Yeah. Well, he gets a pass to Ovechkin, so Ovechkin yep. doesn't pass. Well, he passes, but he doesn't get to pass to Ovechkin. He has to pass it to Backstrom, who scores like 20 goals a season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, like... Not passing to Ovechkin, I, I, who scores I know 60 goals a season. <laughs> I, I understand what you mean. And uh, actually, the other thing to consider is uh, John Carlson has been there for a while, too. True. Um, so he's played quite a few. But we were talking about how Crosby has 1,074 games played. Ovechkin is 1,244. Yeah, so Ovechkin does not get injured. Very no. rarely. Yeah. <laughs> Ovechkin plays all the time, unless it's the All-Star game, and then the one game he's suspended afterwards for it. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> this, year, this year he had COVID. He got COVID and missed a game right before the All-Star game unfortunately and they missed the all-star game he was gonna go i think he was gonna go nah, i uh, doubt it he never goes <laughs> but uh yeah pretty crazy and backstrom's over a thousand games as well he's at a thousand twenty six and then john carlson's at 853 so he's getting up there he's pretty close yeah but pretty cool man ovechkin's at 1.11 points per game mm-hmm. wow yeah which is pretty high too considering he's like a goal scorer goal scorer yeah but he's he's got almost 1400 points in about 1250 games so He's above a point per game, and then Nick Backstrom is a point zero, like zero point nine seven. So oh, he's, wow. so he's almost just below. Yeah. just below a point per game, which is pretty crazy too. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty good considering he's almost played a thousand games. So yeah. that's pretty hard to do, especially in the more recent years of the NHL. Oh yeah, yeah. It's not like the '80s where everyone's scoring fifty goals. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, like everyone talks about how Crosby always had Malkin. Yeah, like Ovechkin's always had Backstrom. That's I know true. it's like not a direct comparison in the context of you know Malkin is a little bit more established as like a one man wrecking crew. Yeah, but still, man, Backstrom is I feel like pretty underrated considering his point totals. No, for sure, for sure. I mean, I, there was a couple seasons in a row where I'd always get him in fantasy, and he yep. always did very well. Yeah, later, later in drafts, later in rounds. But yep. uh, anyways, so that is the. Results, Marcus, uh, if I go over them again, three out of four for Carolina, three out of four for Columbus, 
one out of four for New Jersey, one out of four for the Islanders, and then three consecutive four out of fours for the Crider Drew Crosby sweeps. Yeah. And then a three out of four for the Washington Capitals. So, Not bad. And then like those other ones where I got one out of four, I got them on like the second guess, like the Josh yeah. Bailey, for example. So not too bad. <laughs> yep. That is absolutely correct. So uh, yeah, it's it's a good one. You did pretty good. All right. Then you you got one of the West divisions next. Yes, I get one of the don't, West Don't cheat next. though, obviously. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not going to cheat. I'm not going to tell you which West division. Yeah, you'll just tell me like the the same day that we do the episode. Yeah, exactly. On air. On air. Live. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right, sounds good, Marcus. I mean, I did get it pretty easy in that most of those were uh one-man teams. <laughs> yeah, quite a few of them actually. Yep. You didn't you didn't have any buffaloes or uh <laughs> or like uh Ottawa. I don't know, there is a lot of confusion with New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Buffalo and Ottawa though were were a yeah, little bit no, harder, well, I yeah, think. Those ones are tough. Those ones are tough. <laughs> no, that's why we didn't keep score for you there. <laughs> yeah. I know you did pretty well though. Yeah. That's, okay. That's true. So, I got a question for you, Sean. Okay. There have been 16 times a player has scored or 150 points and over in a season in a season okay of those 16 times it's only been five players who have scored over 150 points so i don't have to say or i'm not going to make you name two of them it's obviously wayne gretzky and mario lemieux it that's like most of the list i think that's they've done it between the two of them they, they've done it 13 times so wow <laughs> there's the three other people, I want you to name the three other people. They've each only done it once. Scored 150 points or more in one season. Yes. Hmm. Okay. And there's three names besides Gretzky and Lemieux. Correct. Okay. I'm going to think out loud for a second, so I'm not not confirming these answers yet. Yeah. Let um, me know if you need a hint. I, will I, probably... I might. Yeah. I might. Might be a little bit before my time, you know? They um, definitely are. You've I'm, seen some of them play. Yeah. At least one of them you've seen them play. Okay. Um, but they are before your time. Like, okay. they've definitely played before you were born. <laughs> okay. okay. All of well, these point totals happen before you were born. They happen before I was born. But, oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that eliminates one of the names I was thinking. Um, I was thinking Mark Messier might be up there, depending on the seasons he would have had. But I think he was more into the latter half of the 90s. So if it was before you were born... Well, he I played with the Gretzky Oilers and stuff, so yeah, that would have been possible. the 80s and stuff. But So that's a name Mar- I'm keeping Mark in Messier mind. Mark Messier is not one of them. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you that right there. <laughs> okay. Uh, like I said, I was thinking out loud I know, anyways. No, no, no. I, I understand that. I'm just... I'm also just saving you the time thinking. <laughs> okay. I'm thinking uh, potentially Mike Bossy. Um, I'm thinking potentially Pavel Bure. I'm thinking potentially, man, 150 points in a season. That's a lot of points. It is. Whew. Man, isn't it crazy that Kucherov had like 126 points? Yeah, that's pretty. That one um, season? Yeah. I mean, like, Sidney Crosby's done like 120 points as well. But yeah. Yeah. That's that's a lot of freaking that's 40, points. That's like 40 points on top of, you know. Yeah, that's like a 1.5 yeah. goals. <laughs> Goals a game average. Yeah, uh, points per game. Points average, per yeah. game. Sorry. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty crazy, man. So those are a couple names I'm throwing out there for sure. Okay. Do you want a hint? Uh sure. Yeah, I'd love some hints. 
I'm not going to say the easiest one. So I'm going to say the oldest time of these three happened in 1970, 1971. 1970, 1971. Yeah. All right. So, man. And then the other two happened in the same season, 1988, 89. 88, 89. Yeah. So, man, I wonder if it's Messier and then... It's not Messier because I told you that it's it's not Messier. Uh, sorry, uh, <laughs> I meant the other guy who played with uh, with Lemieux going to Lemieux instead of to Gretzky. I'm wondering if it might be uh, Yager because he played with it was Yager, Ron Francis, and Mario Lemieux. So if if Lemieux had 150 points or more in a season, it's possible one of his line mates did. So it, it could be Ron Francis or it could be Yarmir Yager. Those are a couple names I'm thinking. And then going back to the 70s, oh, man, you're putting me on the spot here for, like, years. Like, when Honestly, did Gordie Howe play? <laughs> like, Gordy, when did Gordie Howe play? Did he play in the 70s? I don't even know. My older listeners are going to be pissed off at <laughs> me asking that question. <laughs> How do you not know that? I don't know it either. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, it's probably not him based on your answer then. 150 Gordy Howe played 1971, 1980, and 1997. Oh, there you go. Okay, so I'll go with I'll go with those three guys, and I'll go with Ron Francis, Jeremy Yager, and Gordy Howe. Those were the times he retired, sorry, or like oh. did not play. So he played oh. from 1947. Jeez, <laughs> 46, 47. He played with the Detroit Red Wings. Then he played with Detroit up until 71. Did not play in 71. 72 and 73 and then played with the houston arrows from 73 to 77 and then he sorry i'm just going on but he basically played from then till 1980 and then didn't play and then played like one game in 1998 okay so probably not him then maybe man maybe like paul coffee or something it's another name i'm thinking of that would be somebody who got a lot of points i doubt Bobby Orr would have gotten that many points at that time. I feel like maybe that's a little much for those days. Um, so I, I got it. Like, I think it's either one of Ron Francis or Yarmir Yager. So I'll, I'll put both of those names in and hope that I hit one of them. And then uh, I'll throw Paul Coffey's name in there. Okay. I'm going to give you some more hints because I want you to try and get one, at least one of them. So I'm um, 0 for 3 is what you're saying? 0 for 3. <laughs> okay. Yammer right. Yager is a very good guess. He actually had 149 points <laughs> in 1995-1996. So yeah, that, see, that's my, a I'm very too good guess. with my guesses, eh? Yeah, that's a very good guess. So the 1998-1999, uh, those two, so they would be um, one played on Detroit Red Wings, the other one played on the LA Kings. Uh, so maybe Steve Eiserman? Ding, 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 ding. That okay, is correct. Okay. Steve Eiserman has for, for the, the most for a non-Mario Lemieux, Wayne Gretzky player. He has 155 points. Wow. He's, he scored, yeah, 65 goals and 90 assists in one season. Man, do you say the 70s? Yeah, 1970 and 1971. So that uh, player was that, played on the Was Boston that Mike Bossy for the Islanders? So Mike Bossy is also a pretty good guess. You did mention him. He cracked 147 Jeez. 147 points in 1981-82 i got so, someone with 147 and someone with 149 but i, I mean those are good guesses they're very good guesses oh my so, gosh the 1970-1971 played on the boston bruins okay okay 
And then, sorry, so Iserman played for Detroit, and then the other team you gave me was the L.A. Kings? L.A. Kings, 88-89. 88-89. These two are, I mean, I think he, you've heard of them, but 88-89 may be a little tough. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I wasn't born until, like, the early 90s, so no, it's I know. <laughs> definitely not somebody that I watched uh, consistently. I'm assuming that's probably around the time that Gretzky was playing for the Kings and it might've been somebody playing with Gretzky, but I, I'm not sure that I could guess that one. Okay. So that was actually Gretzky's first season as a LA King, right? Gretzky scored 168 points that season. (laughs) Yeah. Mario Lemieux actually scored 199 points that season. Jeez. So that's pretty crazy. He outscored Gretzky that year. So, the LA King is Bernie Nichols. He scored 150 points. He had 70 goals and 80 assists. Jeez, 150 on the dot, eh? Yeah. Come and on, man. It should have been Yager. <laughs> that's why I said 150 and more. <laughs> Yager, 149. I know. Come on. I know, right? I mean, look at Mario Lemieux. That season, he hit 199. He could have just got one more point. And would have had, oh, man, that'd be he crazy. He would have been the only other person to hit 200. Because yeah. it's only uh, Wayne Gretzky four times. 215? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 215, 212, 208, and 205. Jeez. Yeah. All so, right. And then in the 70s, it Boston would... Bruins, Phil Esposito. Esposito. Correct. Ah, or, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he had 76 goals and 76 assists for 152 points. Damn. That, yeah. that was a hard question, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I saw it on um, Bar Down. They uh, asked that somebody asked that as a bonus question or something, and I thought oh, that, okay. It, I thought it was, oh, that was pretty cool, but I I was like, this is a tough one, but that's what came to mind. So sorry, yeah. Sean. <laughs> no, no, it's fine, man. It's just before my time. That's I all, know. So. I know. Like I know some of the names, but uh, I I certainly I feel like I guess the names I know a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, no, of course, of course. Talking you you're Yager. gonna guess what you know, right? Yeah. I mean, you were really close with Yammer Yager. And Mike Bossy. And Mike Bossy. That is true. So Bossy did in 81-82. Crazy. Pat LaFontaine, he dropped 148 points. Oh, true. Yeah, in LaFontaine 92, as well. 92-93. And uh, Wayne Gretzky did uh, 149 in 87-88. <laughs> Crazy, man. Phil Esposito also dropped a 145 before. And Adam Oates, 92-93, scored 142 points. 97 assists, 45 goals. Damn. In 84 games. <laughs> Pretty crazy. All right. Well, I think that wraps the section that we have for the quizzes for yes, this episode. Yes, that will be the end of today's quizzes. The end of today's quizzes. And uh, the last part of our podcast. Our last corner. <laughs> the last corner. <laughs> of, is of our the, room. <laughs> the fantasy corner of our podcast, Marcus. Yes. Fantasy talk. It's all you. Okay. So this week, or it's an extended week because of the All-Star Weekend, Sean and I are playing against each other again. Right now, Sean is winning. <laughs> Gosh. Even though he's tanking. So it's uh, <laughs> no collusion, obviously. No collusion yet. <laughs> <laughs> he's currently winning 8-3, to three, but I am close in some of the categories. He's beating me in shots on goal by one. Beating me in faceoffs by one, and then he's up ahead on hits and blocks by just a handful. So, 
Okay, do you want to just go over our teams quickly or just give an update on our teams? Sure, whatever you want, Marcus. Sure, let's do that. Just so people know where we're at, what kind of players we have, any pickups or anything that you're looking for. And then we can just go over some other news that happened in that can affect fantasy or some kind of corrections on our end. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, l- uh, let's just say what it is. Sure, we'll jump into uh, that. <laughs> we'll just jump into that first. Uh, a couple of podcasts ago, we were talking about how there was uh, rumblings that Tuka Rask was back in town for Boston. And so we told you under our amazing advice that that meant that Jeremy Swayman, because he was eligible to be sent down without having to clear waivers, uh, would be the odd man out in Boston. However, <laughs> Tuka Rask did come back, but he only played four games, didn't play great in any of them, and got hurt and he actually announced his retirement today so he is done after 15 seasons he is officially gone from the boston bruins and that means that jeremy swayman is back in the fold Uh, so linus Elmark will be still getting uh, a few starts for them too but it looks like jeremy swayman will have the chance to kind of push back a little bit on Elmark and see if he can steal some games so he is now fantasy relevant once again well, it's a good thing they didn't send him down, I guess. Or he, if they did, they didn't get claimed on waivers. <laughs> yeah, he was exempt from waivers. Oh, okay. So he did not have to clear okay. waivers, which is why I. Said oh yeah, he, yeah, that's yeah, that's what yeah. You're he saying. would be the one that. sent down. Um, yeah. So yeah. Well, Tuka Rask, ex Toronto Maple Leaf, didn't play for us, but he had a very good season, a uh, very good career. He played 15 seasons in the NHL. He um, had. Uh, 564 games 308 wins 165 losses I believe he won a Vesna trophy and he also won a William M. Jennings trophy which is Vesna trophies for the best overall goalie and the William M. Jennings trophy is a goalie tandem that allows the least amount of goals over the season and he's also a Stanley Cup champion Tuka Rask? Isn't he? No he hasn't won. Oh it was Tim Thomas, man, in 2011. Never mind that. <laughs> Timmy T. Tim Thomas won the Stanley Cup in 2011 with the Boston Bruins. Tuka Rask has made the Stanley Cup Finals twice, including Game 7 against the St. Louis Blues, but he has never hoisted the Stanley Cup as the starting goaltender for the Boston right, Bruins. And never mind. <laughs> in your face, Marcus. Well, that's one I probably one would still solace. rather have Tuka Rask than... One Andrew piece, Raycroft. <laughs> one solace that we have, Marcus, yeah. is that Tukaras never actually won the Stanley Cup for the Boston Bruins. He did beat us a couple times, though. Yeah, well, <laughs> never won the cup. Okay, well. <laughs> never won it. <laughs> um, all right, Marcus, neither let's... did Raycroft or <laughs> yeah, Justin, or Justin Bogey. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Anywho, but congratulations to him. You know, it's unfortunate that he wasn't or he got injured, and but. Boston fans are probably happy now because they, for some reason, hate Tuka Rask. So. Yeah, I don't know why, man. That was dumb. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, who's, who knows? Maybe Jeremy Swayman will turn out to be a pretty good goalie too. So maybe they'll be lucky and go from one great goalie to another great goalie. I mean, L- Linus Elmark's played a lot better in the second half anyways. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So don't pick up Tuka Rask. Don't drop <laughs> Jeremy Swayman. <laughs> or if you have Tuka Rask on the IR because he got hurt first, yeah. you can you can drop him. He's not coming back. Yes. <laughs> so uh, I think you're good to go from there. Okay. So let's just go quickly over our team, Sean. If you've made any changes or any updates on your team. 
Um, since the last time we talked, one of the biggest things for me is that Evgeny Malkin is off the IR now. Well, <laughs> I should say he's back from knee injury because he's on the IR currently <laughs> because, uh, unfortunately he's in COVID protocol. COVID protocol. Okay. <laughs> so he's on the IR as well as Josh Norris is on the IR who's set to miss another couple weeks. Mm. Drake Batherson is on the IR who's going to oh, be man. out for a few more weeks. And my boy, Jack Hughes is also in COVID protocol since he was at the all-star game. So I've got four guys on the IR in my team right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, We only have two IR slots. So that means I just have two guys chilling on the IR in my starting lineup. That's okay. I'll take it. (laughs) You can take it. My team honestly looks very similar from the last time I spoke to everybody about it. Um, You know, I'm lucky with having Kadri and uh, Malkin as my number one and number two straight centers. Uh, Josh Norris is my third one. You kept Kadri. I didn't realize Oh, yeah, I got Kadri. He's okay. ranked fourth in our league. I don't know. I thought you were going to like trade him, maybe get a first or something. Well, I could consider it, but uh, the thing about Kadri is he's a keeper. So mm. de- depending on where he lands next year, I could keep him at a really low cost. That is true. Oh, yes, I forgot. Yes, yes. Yeah, and I wonder if, uh, you know. Because like, he did get drafted pretty low, so. Yeah, like I wonder if a team like Montreal or Detroit could use somebody like him and maybe he'll play with some guys and, and end up putting up some good fantasy numbers because – yeah, he's the definitely is, due for a raise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He has 19 goals and 41 points this season already. Yeah, he's he's, at he's doing really points. well. Really well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's pretty crazy. Yeah, so he's ranked fourth in our league. So my centers are looking pretty solid, which is why I'm getting so many face-off wins against Marcus. And I also have Boone Jenner, who has been fantastic this entire season mm-hmm. for me. <laughs> As we found out from our quiz question, <laughs> Boone yeah, Jenner yes. has... <laughs> Has the three of the four categories anyways. Yep. So he is up there, and I don't think people are giving him enough respect as the captain of the Columbus Blue Jackets. And then, yeah, I just have some guys who are, like, doing okay, but then they're keepers. So I kept them on my team just in case they bounce back. Guys like Jason Robertson, Brock Besser, and then even just looking at, like, Turo Vinen, David Perron, and then, uh, yeah, my goalies. Perron, I guess Perron's been back from injury because I remember last time you said he was – on the IR. Unfortunately, he's kind of been on and off uh, from injury, which kind of sucks. And then oh, okay. he was back for about like seven games, but yep. he only had one point in those seven games. So oh, really? So I'm going to hang on to him. that game speed. Yeah. So I'm hoping he gets back to game speed and then Bounce maybe back. I could try to try to get something Flip for him. him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So my team, I haven't really made too many moves. I think the only ex- only move really is that I've added Tanner Janot. Yep. So he's he's a regular on my team now. He definitely provides a lot of hits. He's had four last game, six prior games. So definitely one of the hit leaders. And then also he is able to score a couple goals. So I think that's why he's definitely pretty valuable. He's got 14 goals, 13 assists, 80 pims on the season. So definitely adding a lot of those banger categories for me. And right now I've got... Dubois and Pionk on the IR. They both are in COVID protocol. And so I have Zach Hyman as well as right. Mrazic on the team. So Nice. But pretty much the team has been the same team that I've had the past little while. Most of the players are intact. I haven't really dropped or added too many. Yeah. Because they've all been performing pretty well. Yeah. Especially no. like Huberdo. I have Ovechkin, Lindholm, right? Some solid players, Marcus. Solid team. Um, Because I know right now you're pushing up the standings. You're in fourth place now. Yeah. 
So you're trying to make that push, which is kind of nice. Yeah. I'm down in seventh, <laughs> Ho- hoping for. Uh, I was in third, but I had a tough week. I think against. I had a tough week against Kyle. He 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 blew me out. <laughs> yeah, I was close, but he edged me out on every category. So. Mm. Yeah. Just by a little bit, eh? Yeah. Those are the worst weeks when you're I like know. you're in the fight and you're doing so well, but it just doesn't quite work out for you. Yeah, but it's uh it's good in that it gives me perspective or what to expect going into the playoffs, what I need to improve on. So yeah, that's true. Taking a look at the categories that you could bump measuring yourself up on, and, yeah, yeah, measuring stick game, yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. or a week, you go. yeah. Especially because we are winding down or getting closer to playoffs. It's still a while away, but it's it's definitely still coming up. As Sean mentioned in prior podcasts, you know you should be really looking at where your team stands, and if you should be buying or selling. Yeah, we're at week sixteen, and our our playoffs start week twenty three. Okay, so. so including this week, there's seven weeks remaining until yep. playoffs. So hopefully, I can beat Sean. <laughs> get back on track. Hopefully, hopefully, Marcus can beat me. <laughs> if I beat Marcus this week, I'm gonna have to try to make some trades and get into this playoff push myself. You know. <laughs> Because you're at what? Are you still in seventh? I'm in seventh place, yeah. But uh, I'm really not that far off sixth place, which is the playoffs in our league. Yeah. I'm, o- I'm only actually right there. <laughs> eight points behind. And I'm winning 8-3, and the guy in sixth place is losing 8-3. There you go. So That's if the week ended can... right now, I would actually be jumping up into a playoff spot, <laughs> uh, which is pretty crazy to think about. Considering you haven't really been trying to push for the playoffs. Well, considering... I'm well behind the person in first place. Yes. But Bubba's at 238. I'm at 168. So he has <laughs> 70 more points than I do, uh, which is almost half my points. So even if I did make the playoffs, it's not like I'm going anywhere, but it would still be pretty funny that yeah. I sold most of my players and still somehow and still made, made the playoffs. playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll see how it goes. But anyways, um, this wraps our episode, episode number 16 this is the end and yeah we hope to see you next time for sure thank you everyone good luck on your fantasy week bye